0: The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Prepare us, O God, to hear your word, through the scriptures of this day. Confront us with your claims on our lives. Clarify the choices we must make if our lives are to have meaning and purpose. Help us to respond to the one who came as the bread of life, so we may know life at its fullest and best. Amen. Today's reading is from Mark chapter 10, verses 17 through 31. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not defraud, honor your father and mother. He said to him, teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, you lack one thing, go, sell what you own and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then, come, follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, Look, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, truly I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age, houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children and fields with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last will be first. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: Who's nervous? Don't be. Maybe. The man in today's gospel has an affluent life, and yet he's experiencing scarcity. His life is full, but he is empty. Despite his acquisitions and accumulations, he is searching for, for more. He's acquired wealth, certainly, but it would seem that his wealth is not providing him the life that he wants. There is an urgency about this man. He doesn't simply walk to Jesus, he runs. What must I do to inherit Eternal life. What must I do to inherit eternal life? This man is searching for the life that only God can give, a life that he's heard about since he was a boy. It's the story told in Scripture. It's the life that was promised to his ancestors, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. It's the life that drew the Israelites through the Red Sea, into the wilderness. Like those before him, this man is seeking the promised land. However, despite his wealth, his goodness, and doing all the right things, he cannot seem to find his way. I suspect... That some of you may know what it is what it is like to be this man. There's moments in life where we sense that there is something something lacking, an inner restlessness, an emptiness, a longing for, for something more to be had, to be known. I suspect that each of us could could probably tell our own version of this man's story. It would go something like, I've worked hard, I have a good education, I say my prayers when I go to church, praise be. I'm a loving wife, a loving father, a loving partner, I'm successful in business, I volunteer in the community, I have a nice house, I have a car, I have a dog, my children are cute and well-behaved. Bonus. (laughs) I have all I need. My life is blessed. By all measures of society, I am a success. I've done everything I was supposed to do. I've done everything they told me to do. And yet, there's something missing. And in those moments, that emptiness, that longing, we echo the man's question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What must I do to inherit eternal life? You lack one thing, Jesus says. Just one, which is pretty good. One. Go. Sell what you own and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and and follow me. Seems easy enough. Jesus' answer creates though an unexpected dilemma. It leaves this man stuck in the middle. Jesus, in the way to eternal life, stand before him, feet away. Behind this man was his wealth, his possessions, his status. Within him, in the middle, is this nagging emptiness. Does he return to what he knows, or does he go forward into the unknown future? It is too much for the man. He's in fact shocked at Jesus' request. That is more than he is willing to spend to give to offer. He left grieving. What would you do? Something to think about. As I've said to you on more than one occasion, and in fact, just last Sunday, I said it in my sermon, so you can go back and listen to that if you want. Authentic spirituality, the way of Christ, is always about letting go. Always. Authentic spirituality, the way of Christ, is always about letting go. Prior to this moment in the gospel, Jesus has told his disciples twice that he will be killed and he'll rise again. And he'll tell them again in next week's gospel. He must be killed, he must be put to death, the ultimate letting go, so that he might be raised to new life. What is the answer to the man's question? How must I, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Do you know the answer? Let go. You think about it. What's necessary for inheritance to happen? Death. Death is the answer. In order for inheritance to happen, someone must die. The someone in today's story is the man. Jesus is asking the man to let go of his life so that he might inherit eternal life. That's the way of the cross. That's what it means to follow Jesus. It's a constant letting go of a way of life. The issue in today's lesson is the man's unwillingness to die. That's the issue. It's not his bank account. It's his unwillingness to die. I mean, think about it for a moment. Do you really think Jesus is is so offended by wealth that he excludes the wealthy from the kingdom of heaven? Do you really think Jesus is telling the wealthy to buy their way into the kingdom by selling their stuff and giving the money to the poor? I mean, think about it. So now the formerly rich, the excluded, are now poor and included. And the formerly poor, the included, are now rich and excluded. It's stupid. (laughs) It's stupid. It's irrational. It's illogical. It makes no sense. It makes no sense because that is not what this gospel is about. In fact, the gospel writer tells us Jesus loved this man. This wealthy man, he loved him. This gospel is about life, not money. Though the two are not unrelated, Jesus is being descriptive, not prescriptive. Jesus is not telling us what we should do with our wealth. He is, though, describing what our wealth does to us, how it traps and possesses us. Denying us, oftentimes, the life that we most want and need. You might be sitting and thinking, well, this isn't applicable to me. I'm not, I'm not wealthy. Not in this man's sense of wealth. And yet consider an income of 20, 25000 per year places you in the wealthiest 2% worldwide. An income of $50,000, you are in the wealthiest .31% worldwide. Perhaps you're shocked. I think we should be grieving. We often hear this text and we think it's about our money, our wealth. It's told to us that way. Usually it's told to us that way so someone can ask you to give more money to the church. That's sad. But when we focus on money when hearing this text, what it does is it reveals just how easily we confuse Wealth and possessions with life. That is why it is so hard for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. So many of us live in this place that we believe that we can take it all with us at the end of our life. And you can't. We don't get to do that. Someday we will all leave it behind, all that we've created for ourselves, our possessions that we've acquired, the wealth that we have accumulated. It might be next week, five years, 30 years. We don't know. Or we can choose to make it today. That's what Jesus is asking of the man. It's what he's asking of us today. You see, we can choose this day to let go. To die before we die. It means that that we don't take ourselves more seriously than we take God. Let go. It means our life is to be found in Christ not in wealth and in possessions, let go. We live from a security other than savings and insurance. Our primary investment is not in our retirement, but in our neighbor. Ultimately, it means we do not create our own life. We receive it. We receive life. We inherit life. And we come to understand that we are not owners of our life, but stewards and caretakers of God's life in this world. Our choices, our actions have consequences, not just for ourselves, but for our neighbor. But you have to make that choice. Every day it's a choice between life and death. Every day it's a choice of being free to possess the life that God offers you or being possessed by the life the world offers you. What must I do to inherit eternal life? It's simple. Let go.